0: Episode 58 of Gaming NBS. All right. Welcome to Gaming NBS, a podcast about tabletop RPGs and other miscellaneous topics of geekery. I'm one of your hosts, Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Yeah. We had some fun in the setup on this one. That was a good time. You know,
0: if you think after 50 episodes, Sean would get his proverbial technical shit together. But unfortunately not. I just figure, you know.
1: See, I look at it this way. In Sean's quest for the perfect audio and the absolute perfection, that is you know, that is Sean's normal operating model. He's just trying so hard. There's constant adjustments being made in the background. So it's okay. Um, Let's egg something along those lines. It's all good.
0: I don't even know what to say, man. There's you know what there is with podcasting? Anybody that's you know, it's funny. Um a lot of this is it is uh you bring it on yourself. Cause you could take a podcast does not have to be technically difficult. You take, you know, a USB microphone like Brett has, you plug it into your computer, bam. I take USB mic put it in my computer boom hit blab or some type of recording software like you know record it off of skype using some third party done but no sean has to have a mixer and a compressor limiter gate and all this other bullshit with all these knobs and
1: switches and that's because sean is a tech geek inside yeah. despite his uh, recruiting exterior folks he's absolutely a tech geek inside yeah. and it's gear man gear's cool
0: gear is cool buttons and switches are are, are fun Absolutely all right man so episode 56, 58. 58. good grief, I can't even get my damn episode right
1: yeah, well, that's why I'm here. Keep you honest all right, do man. we have any announcements
0: uh ah, uh, I do not have i do not have any announcements
1: Brett, do you no no nothing new and nothing new improved or uh otherwise new. We've talked a little bit about evercon coming in January of uh, next year and we've got game hole next month which is in a couple of weeks for christ's sake that's gonna hit us fast i got our banners i believe they've shipped i'm gonna double check on that so Sweet. we should be good <clears throat> so we walk around representing and giving out some bookmarks and other bits of coolness hopefully
0: i need to get a, a vinyl wrap for my car
1: a vinyl wrap for your car Ooh, i like it yeah there's a big picture of you on the hood that's what i want to see yeah yeah
0: the more money to spend.
1: Exactly. That's, That's good. Yeah. Well, compressor, limiter gauge for mixers and a car wrap. Let's do it. Hey, anyway, you never know. Never know.
0: All right. Let's go into a random, uh random encounter.
1: Let's hit it, brother. All right.
0: <laughs> random encounter segment of the show where we field emails, voicemails, social media, comments from our blog. weiter You want me to you wanna,
1: you want, you read this one? You, you want me to one. read this you, one? You, You've had a rough day. I want you to start off strong. Okay. You go first. All right. You read.
0: All right. So Jason Rayther, he's been listening to us. I know Jason from quite some time ago. He, uh, I used to game with Jason. Isn't
1: he the one that sent us the hate mail? The one hate mail? No.
0: He has (laughs) not sent us hate mail yet, yet, but he may after this episode. We'll see. It's still early yet. Okay. Hi, Sean and Brett. I used to play LG. So for those not in the know, LG is Living Greyhawk. Uh, with Sean. Oh, okay. Yeah, with Sean back in Madison. First of all, Jason, it wasn't Living Greyhawk; it was Eberron. We played the Eberron. live. Oh. we played the live Eberron. He's got that. Oh, great! Mistaken. Now
1: you now you called your old you called your old childhood friend an ass. An no, 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 in front we, of everybody. Uh, Jason, that was great. Jason and that was I don't sweet.
0: Jason and I don't go back that far.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to make it worse. <laughs>
0: uh, Living Eberron, I think, is what it was. Uh, back in Madison, and it's been great to reconnect through the podcast. Your sweet dulcet tones make my morning commute more tolerable, tolerable even if most of what you say is bullshit.
1: Should have heard the feedback and squeal we had earlier today. That, that woken you right the fuck up.
0: All it takes is for me just to hit a little switch.
1: Yeah, that's all good. That's, was, that's the magic switch. It is.
0: I, w- I was listening to episode 52, and it made me think of one of my favorite D&D basic adventures, B4, The Lost City. By Tom Muldvey. Tom Muldvey.
1: The adventure drops I the think PCs. I, think I, own, I believe I own that one. I haven't played it, though. Didn't
0: it come in the Keep damn going. box set? <clears throat> I think it came in the box set, right? The adventure drops no. the PCs in a desert next to a ruined pyramid with no food or water. They end up exploring the ruin not to find gold or adventure, but in the hopes of starving off dehydration they still have their armor and weapons, but mundane supplies like torches, flint and tinder, and water skins are far, far more important. Pretty soon, your dudes are eating anything they kill in the hopes it will provide some measure of nutrition. It doesn't take long before things get crazy. Anyway, I've been thinking about a topic for the show, and it's one, uh, one you've brushed upon in various episodes, but I don't think you've addressed head-on. In a word... Dungeons. Specifically, location-based adventures with keyed encounter areas. It could be a cave under a monastery, a techno maze filled with killer robots, or a corporate facility with valuable intel. Do you prefer non-linear dungeons with many different paths, or an encounter funnel that ensures the PCs handle things in the right order? Does the dungeon need a boss fight at the end? Do you make the players handle the mapping or do you give them a map handout? What about random encounters, big mega dungeons or a handful of rooms? I'm curious as to how you guys handle dungeons in your games and what works for you. Sorry if that seems unfocused and feel free to ignore. Keep up the good work and see you guys at Con.
1: I like it. Yeah, dungeons. We have not talked about actual dungeons. We've talked about bits and pieces of them. Some of the um, kind of the the Sean Railroad, or is it more sandboxy? How can you do it? But there's something about a dungeon, especially an old school dungeon, when it's that map. It's a it's a map with a um, it. It feels very linear, and it has those the numbered rooms. And this one first, then that one. You and I talked about this off show one time about um, how I, th- I think it was kind of a funnel that you were going through. Not the Dungeon Crawl Classics funnel per se of the characters while weeding out the weak to get to the strong one. But this idea that you have to go through steps one, two, and three before you get to the end type of thing. <clears throat> I vaguely remember this. But anyway, I've been I've been thinking about dungeons and that type of... We've touched on ecology a little bit, but I don't think we've tagged... We have not, to uh, to Jason's point, we have not uh, grappled with the dungeon itself. I think we shall do that. Absolutely. We'll yeah. get a drag it down.
0: We haven't spoken about dragons but we have talked about dungeons and dragons.
1: The game. uh, Yes. We'll have to well uh, maybe that's maybe that's the thing back to back. One will be about dungeons the next will be about dragons. See what you do. Cool. Hey uh, thanks for writing in Jason Raither. Absolutely. And for those who uh, haven't listened episode 52 is our episode about gear where uh, we talked about different components of hardware, equipment, and so forth in role-playing games. Social status of gear, maintenance, and all that good stuff that goes with it. So that was episode 52.
0: And if they didn't, if they haven't heard to listen to 52...
1: You start at one and work your way forward. That's, that's the right. only way to do it.
0: That's right. Because you may miss out on something that leads up to it.
1: Totally. There's all it's there's a there's a hidden plot line in all 58 episodes. So you got you to gotta, gotta listen to them all in order. Doesn't make any sense otherwise.
0: All right, man. Cool. Hey, you want to, go? you want to hit the next one? This is off yes. of our blog.
1: Andy, <clears throat> Andy Comedy. Hall. Yes. On episode 57. Ooh, that's the one just prior to this. Neat. What the hell did we talk about last time? Oh, player to game master last time talking about Sean and I and, uh, different ideas and hints. Our buddy, Jeff Rademacher had, uh, Given us the uh, question of what it takes or how we did it, so we went at it and now uh, Andy Hall says thanks gents I enjoyed the discussion on episode fifty seven I appreciate Brett's remembrance of the rough ride his friends gave him when he ran a game guy that was brutal um, I also like the suggestion that you try one or two new slash cool different things to try in a session when you GM do not try to cram too much in in the way of new things in a session that seems sensible uh, unless of course everything do you do is a GM blows chunks nice <laughs> if you want a GM I like it. <laughs> if you want to GM well, I think you have to understand what it means to be a good, active, and generous slash unselfish player. That's something I'm working on, thanks to Roll Twenty. I'm in the quote "play more games" unquote mode and learning from other GMs and players. I'll be starting a mini campaign soon, Lankmar and Savage Worlds, which sounds freaking awesome. Yeah, the, I will say, as an aside, and, I'm a big Lankmar fan. And, and, and man.
0: Brad is is uh, is unselfish.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> nice wink wink <clears throat> okay going back i thought i knew uh, how to be a player but i was still doing douchey stuff that i learned as a teenager playing an rpg uh ken has a has a time travel effect on my brain and i become 15 again and immature and selfish <laughs> i always have to fight that as a player who wants to gm the article um this article was a good boot in the arse he's got a uh, he's got a little link out there we'll post it up in our show notes you'll see it um, and I just threw it out there to the folks in our blab as well. The Lazy Dungeon Master book, uh, Sly Flourish slash Mike Shea, as author, seems to be a really good book, and I need to put the, put its tips into practice. I like the fact that you guys addressed Angela Murray's feedback from episode 56 about starting as a novice schlub characters. If you want to learn a new system, I think you can start out as a novice level character and learn the system as you go. I cannot imagine learning to play Pathfinder as a 10th level wizard. My brain would implode. Of course, if you know the system and and uh, the system really lends itself to playing epic characters. Why not rock it anyway, as as your group likes. I totally love the quote, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, unquote bit. <laughs> Excellent deadpan delivery. I audibly snorted <laughs> while riding on a quiet commuter train, apparently, when you guys said that.
0: I um, love people who snort. I think it's awesome.
1: <laughs> Andy, thank you so much for writing in. That's good stuff.
0: Yeah, thanks so much, Andy. Uh, yeah, his, his campaign sounds like it's going to be awesome, man. How can it go wrong? And his uh, comment about Angela's, you know, a little bit of foreboding,
1: a little, uh, not well, foreboding, foreshadowing as well. Foreboding, foreshadowing, I, all my, the fours. Yes, all fours all around. Fours all around. you up, Mr. Mike Walsh. Wrote in,
0: Mike Walsh. There, 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 there. Oh, sorry, wrong Walsh. Oh God! Hey guys, my name is Mike, and I have a question concerning fate. <laughs> when I read this, I'm like, Oh no!
1: Oh God! He may, he may be asking the wrong people. We might, we might have to, we might have to point them at uh, Chris and Phil and directed Mark to give them some help. But keep we, going. We keep fa- going. Let's we, see what we can we do. We field
0: emails, but I don't know about uh, rules stuff about systems. I have no freaking clue about. Okay, give uh, it a go. All right, go. I recently tried teaching someone online about Fate Accelerated, and they felt invoking an aspect as a GM and giving the choice to earn or spend a Fate point was a bad mechanic that interrupted immersion and roleplay for the player during a game session. What do you guys think about this? Thanks, Mike. Not Joe. Walsh. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, rereading it, it's like, oh, he didn't actually ask a rules question. Like, hey, is this, it was more like, what
1: do you think about this? This perspective,
0: is, right? So, <laughs> Fate is a different beast because we talked a little bit about this because there are games like Fate or even Dungeon World, I think, and some Apocalypse World games that, or or Fiasco or Prime Adventures that relies on the characters. To do, to, to set the narration. That's my set the narration.
1: Hand gesture. gestures there. That's, See, that's if you nice.
0: were watching the video, you'd understand what I'm, I'm kind of going up and down anyways.
1: Uh, no, you won't. That will not help you at all. I'm doing that. <laughs> anyway, keep going.
0: But I, so I think what he is saying, cause I don't know if this is necessarily an opinion because I think in some games it's part of the game. So if you say I'm going to invoke an aspect to earn or spend a fate point, whatever, you know, the mechanic is and that, so the, the key is whether it's not whether you can or you cannot, it's whether it's the mechanic that breaks the immersion bad or good.
1: See, there is, there's another, there's other thing I I find that anyway, this reminds me of something similar that I've done in my game. So In this case, Fate Accelerated. This individual is telling Mike, "Hey, I feel that invoking an aspect as a game master and giving the choice to earn or spend a fate point was a bad mechanic and interrupted immersion for the player during a game session." To me, that mechanic would be no different than if Sean and I are gaming, and I'm going to say, "You know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump across this creek, land, and then um, shoot my bow." I want to get across the creek and quick take a you know quick snapshot with my bow and Sean says Brett if you do that you're gonna be at minus four. I'm like really yeah you too dude totally you're minus four. Look you know running jumping blah 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 according to this rule set you're at minus four. If you don't want the minus four you got to try to take the shot from the other side. You're shooting through brush so you're only at minus two. Okay fine I'll take the minus two. That type of mechanical discussion in a quasi D and D type of game as I described there <clears throat> isn't necessarily doesn't destroy the immersion per se because you're trying to negotiate the uh the creek you're trying to negotiate the <clears throat> excuse me the brush that the bad guy's hiding behind or whatever the case is in this one aspects um from what i understand of fate the more i've listened to uh chris and phil from Misdirected mark and other folks talking to us about fate we had a really good um uh email tutorial from oh, victor um victor gave us last time about this and I, I can see where people would feel like, look, if you do that, I'm going to take a fade point from you. and We're going to give you something. If you're not used to that mechanic and you're more used to <clears throat> the previous description or, uh, or um, concept, I, I just laid out there like, Hey, you want to do that thing? It's minus four. You do this other thing. It's minus two. I can see where one might feel clunky or different to you because it's new that different type of aspect to me. In that description would be no different than the back and forth that Sean and I would have about jumping across a creek and trying to shoot my bow through some through some brush. So, I don't think it's that big a deal. I think it's something that you need to that you need to work through if you want to keep trying to uh, keep trying to play fate. I think the other component <coughs> of it would be um, having people understand that if you're trying to learn something the first time through. In my experience, when I played a new RPG. The immersion, I hate to say it, kind of takes a backseat for me because I want to get the mechanic down. I want to understand the game because I can become immersed in the game system. I can become immersed in the world once I can put all that mechanical stuff behind me. Once it's second nature and I know how it operates and what it's supposed to do, <coughs> excuse me. then I can go and I can just run with it. I'm going to do this thing. Brett, you realize you're at minus four. Yes, I know, but I'm doing this anyway because that's that's what I do. Okay, fine. Boom, minus four. I'm going to do this. Um, you're going to get a compel. uh, I don't care. I'll take it. You're going to get a, uh, you know, I'm going to compel you from this. I'm going to give you an aspect of, you know, stumbling. Okay, fine. I'll take stumbling, but I'm getting across that fucking Creek and I'm going to take my shot anyway. um, Because that's what I want to do. It feels to me like the individual Mike is working with, doesn't understand the rule. Isn't familiar with that. And sounds, I, I would think that he's more the person you're talking to him, assuming he's a him, he or she is looking for, it's either minus four on a die roll or a or a minus two or some other kind of modifier. And this more, the aspects and stuff sometimes can feel more impactful to the character than a minus on a die roll because it's the thing I'm giving you. Like saying, Sean, all of a sudden you're stumbling. You fell down. You're blind in one eye. You've got mud in your face. And that seems more my impactful. Big, my big perhaps.
0: disgrace. Exactly.
1: So kind of... <laughs> Went off on earlier. Sean, do you got anything you want to say? I'll shut up for a minute.
0: No. No, I don't.
1: Do you agree with what I said at least? Or I, uh, do you think I'm crazy?
0: No, I think it's, well, fate's different. And I think if it's, so my, again, I have to feign, I don't even have to feign ignorance. I just admit ignorance that it's. So my understanding is, okay, the DM wants to put in a issue. He, they throw in an aspect of the scene, okay? So house, okay, you're in a house. It is on fire. Boom, that's the aspect. And the other person can say, all right, whatever, I accept that or not or whatever that is, and then they get a fate point. I don't know if it's necessarily, it's kind of like, I don't know if it, I don't know if it necessarily takes them out of the narration. And I think it's in fade. It's a little unique because it is almost a part of it, but I know that there's a little mechanical
1: exchange going on there. So there's, the, econ- there's the economy of fade points. Yeah, I don't it know.
0: I, I wouldn't split hairs. I mean, it's it's faded and it's accelerated. So I don't. Maybe, that may be the case. I guess my question to Mike would be: Is right or wrong, or their feeling or opinion? How is did it turn them off from the game? You know, they say like, I don't like this game because it, it does this to me. Like, this is yeah. my take on it. I don't like it.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I think that is the kind of the point I probably belabored and beat around the bush and I really I, identified there. But when you're doing, when you're dropping an aspect on somebody or you're saying, Sean, you're blinded, Brett, you're stumbling. Um, you have, you know, two left feet because of this maneuver or you've got, you're on fire because you were in a house that was on fire. Um <clears throat> It's not a minus that, oh, well, if I miss, I miss. We're in a D20 game. You rolled a 20 and you had a minus four or whatever. I freaking can't hit the guy because he's prone. Big fucking deal. Um, but if you say now you're blind in one eye, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Why am I blind? Whoa, all I wanted to do was jump through the bushes. Sorry, you got the aspect of blind in one eye because a twig slapped you in the face. Again, to Sean's point, you know, we're, we're feigning and <laughs> flat out saying ignorance around the system. But I think Sean's point's valid is, would be, Mike, I would look at the other dude uh, and say, well, um, let's keep going. Okay, that's one component of it. If that derailed the entire game, they say, I don't like it because it's one instance. That instance could have been the, quote-unquote, worst encounter of the whole event, right? We've all had a game session where there's X number of encounters or different things that occur, and one of them just doesn't go off. It's not very fun, or it doesn't pan out as we want it to. Um, And the individual's reasoning behind it the immersion thing almost feels like a cop-out. And again, I wasn't there, so maybe I'm oversimplifying, but if it was kind of a cop-out thing from this person, maybe what they need to do is a better explanation. Okay. What, what part of the immersion did it wreck for you? Well, I just don't see my character doing that. Okay. Let's, let's talk through that. How can we given the mechanic, what would you have preferred? How could we have done it? That would have helped you stay within in the immersion. You could have that big kid back and forth and maybe sort out a different answer. Yeah, yeah. That's my perspective offhand, offhand.
0: That's good. I like it. I agree.
1: Cool. I'm sure guys like Victor Wyatt and uh, Chris Nizak and Phil Vecchio and others who are uh, Fate Masters out there will be more than happy to give us even better answers for Mike Walsh. So yeah. if you got something better, if you're one of those folks or anybody else who listens S- to us, serve it up. Mike out here, serve it up. Serve it up. Serve it up.
0: All right. All right, let's go to our sponsor. We're going to wing this, I think, this week, Brett. We're going to wing it? Yeah, let's wing this thing. Okay. So, hey, here's the deal. We are sponsored by grayed Out Dice Bags. Absolutely. uh, By Michael Allhauser. Michael Allhauser makes the dice bags, custom make. You can see them on our video on our Blab. I've got one. This is kind of a pre-printed one. Uh, Yeah, this is uh,
1: the one I've got here is the... uh kind of the uh, the dungeon the more designed one and i've got a, a nice uh, Call Cthulhu one that kevin thulu gave to us we're going to have to give this one away kevin gave this one to us as a uh, opportunity to do a little giveaway so we're going to have to hand that out to somebody yeah nice i, these get, are, I these get, get the
0: blue awesome. i get the blue and white mapped kind of cloth going on so it looks like oh, a dungeon I like that. yeah I like so that if you uh are you got a crappy crown royal bag uh yeah i get it so you put away some crown royal but hey get a real dice bag yo uh, head over to gradeout, G R E Y E D O U T dot dot com. Use the promo code gaming and get 10% off your order and let Michael know that
1: gaming N B S sent you over there. And I'll tell you on Michael's behalf if you're looking to get something, <clears throat> excuse me, for the holidays, now's a great time to get in front of him. His orders back up pretty heavy for the holidays. So if you want to get something for a gamer, either yourself or somebody else before Christmas or whatever, now is the time to get a hold of Michael and bug the guy.
0: That's a great point, Brett. The holidays are just around the corner. Buy one for your favorite gamer. Buy one for your GM. Show them, totally. show them you appreciate him or her's efforts,
1: right? Absolutely. Right, if Brett? If nothing else, I, I, Brett, uh, I care. Right? About. If, totally. Right. Right.
0: right. If you're, Absolutely. If you're playing in somebody's game,
1: Right. Oh and, wait.
0: Oh wow. Shot of me in the game I'm playing with you. Is that what are you saying? I am the GM. Oh. oh, oh I didn't. Hey. Need idea. You I know. What? Do that. If you don't get me one, that's cool. I totally understand. Because we we we're different. We're. I mean, we, we at this podcast. But you know, if you you don't have a podcast, uh, and you you feel obligated to get your GM, and you actually appreciate, that's probably the key thing. Oh, wow. If you really appreciate your oh, GM, right here. Oh. Then you know, grandma a dice bag from grade out.
1: Nice, awesome,
0: all right, let's oh let's get into the topic, shall we? Let's do it. What are we talking about this week, man?
1: Well, we're gonna go back into um, uh, let's see here. We're gonna talk about Miss Angela Murray one more time, and uh, I'm starting to wonder
0: this, if she, you know, she should just be part of this damn podcast we might.
1: We, she's got great ideas, right? a whole lot better than what I've come up with lately. But she mentioned something about you know, I don't want to have to do the some, the nobody to somebody climb. I don't want to start out at the zero level, work my way up. I want to kind of start out as a badass right out of the fucking gate.
0: So know? this stemmed from a, a show a few a few ago, a few shows ago, mm-hmm. where I started complaining about players needing to be, excuse me, starting out as, as superheroes. You know, what happened to the days of, you know, stepping up? Back out- your
1: my day! T- <laughs> we used to be zero level <laughs> characters! We liked it fine! Yes, Brad.
0: Step it on a nail and then dying at first level or a wizard having like two hit points. And so Angela wrote it and said, you know what? I could, you know, she, she feels compelled to, how how did she put it last time? Not reach through the mic and choke us because she put it in a different way.
1: She said it in a much nicer, friendly Angela format. Instead of saying you bastard, shut up. Right.
0: So now, Now we are looking at, so that's what, that's the premise. of
1: Overtime. Absolutely. It's that there's the D&D level climb, the OSR, like I'm nobody to I'm a hero. And then if you take a game, even Call it Cthulhu, the BRP system by uh, Chaosium and a game like Nights Black Agents, the premise is Nights Black Agents says this flat out. Ken, Ken Height, the author says, you're badass. You're freaking, you're Jason Bourne hunting vampires. You're a bad son of a bitch. And that's, that's the point. Um, So you get to do badass stuff in that game right out of the gate. There's no, you know, I'm an 18-year-old recruit into the CIA, work your way up to finally killing vampires. No, boom, you're that guy. You're Jason Bourne right out when you make a character. Um, So, <clears throat> Sean, apart from what you said last time, having seen this and put together a little sound montage, do you have a preference if I were to say, hey, I'm going to run a game Regardless of what the genre is or is the genre play a big part in what your preference is, whether it's, excuse me, whether it's a climb or you have a badass at the beginning. What do you, what's your preference?
0: That is a very, that's a really great spot to start, Brett, because I think it, it does depend on the type of game you want to play or run or come together and have your players understand and have buy in, whatever. Player buy it,
1: whatever. Well, what do you like?
0: Um, I, you know, I think it depends on the mood that I'm in, cause I'm a moody guy.
1: Yeah, you're you're a moody little girl. I know that. <laughs> or a moody little boy. One of the two. I got moody little boys. I got I got five kids, so I got moody kids <laughs> running around here all the time. Doesn't matter. Gender gender non inclusive. I got moody kids. Anyhow,
0: I uh I would have to say that um. If I if I were to want to play an espionage game, do I want it to be James Bond or do I want it to be uh, Jean La the spy who came in from the cold? Do I? Wait, wa-
1: those guys aren't. Those guys are badass in their setup, though, right? I mean, well, these guys aren't fresh recruits that have never that have no background. But they're not.
0: No, they're, but you know, they're not going to chop sake anybody.
1: No, but there's no level climb. No, uh, John Lacarre. Right? I mean, you don't have Smiley. I mean, you, you may have glimpses back into his past, but it's all past. Like, oh yeah, I used to do that thing. I used to be a wet working guy. I used to do this other thing.
0: So you could <laughs> opt to not have the the super the super buff player character in the beginning. What what are you trying to go for? So Knights, Black Agent's great. You're Jason Bourne killing by vampires. Super. Um, if that's what you want to play, then there is a tone that is conveyed. And with that tone comes the, I want to play a player character that is super badass. Now, if you want to play like classic basic D&D, first edition AD&D, Traveler, GURPS, and you want to get gritty where, like, if you get freaking shot, you are going to die or take some really huge mortal, potentially mortal damage. And uh
1: so you get shot in Call of Cthulhu. I mean, even well, right. Call of Cthulhu, you start off, you can start off with a librarian or a big game hunter or somebody who's got like 70%, 70 plus percent chance to succeed. Yeah. They get yeah. shot once, according to that system. They get, Fucking be in the hospital forever, dead.
0: So, what? So you start out asking the question and setting the tone, and I think that's where you start. Just kind of like what Brett just asked me. So, what's your preference? What do you want to do? There, that's my answer. I will not take up the rest of the time to take over the (laughs) podcast. Oh, it's all for me! Yay! (laughs) Well, for the next couple minutes, few seconds. Oh, thank you.
1: So, there's a cool thing. I told I told you, Brett's a he's a sharer. I am I try <laughs> <laughs> so there's a cool thing with the climb that right. um, my kids when I run with the kids <clears throat> either my my younger sons or some of the kids at the high school I, I, uh, I game at periodically in my hometown the kids love <clears throat> the level climb part of it I think comes from playing Diablo World of Warcraft and that lovely up system which of course comes from D&D at some point in its history but there's a there's a thing about this ding Oh, I got enough experience points! Ding! I got this. I killed Cobalts. Ding! Now I get to kill Bugbears. Ding! And now I get to kill Giants. Ding! Now it's I'm on to, you know, whatever else. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so there's something really cool and very Pavlovian about this—the leveling up process. I don't, um, I, I don't drool when I level up. Not well. That's why we get you the bucket, um, <laughs> just in case. The downside, though, is that a lot of times, in my opinion. When I talk to people who really don't like it, they don't feel they don't feel the badass nature of it. And part of the badass nature of it, and I I don't I haven't spoken to Angela on this, so I don't know if this is where she's coming from. But when you feel like I'm fighting giant rats and kobolds again, really, I'm first level D and D guy, or I'm the pathetic low level GURP superhero. I can't fight, you know, the atom smasher. I have to fight the guy who throws rocks at me instead because I'm not ready to take on the big bads. Um, I can see that it definitely is being a downside where even if you have kids that you're playing with that have grown up on uh, video games where they play Diablo or World of Warcraft, or whatever it is, you're doing these kind of piddly little things, little quests, little monsters to fight. So you can go do something really interesting. Um, <clears throat> so I can see where that would lead to the badass beginning where you'd want to be able to say, look right out of the gate, I'm equivalent to, you know, 10th level fighter guy, or I am, the the kick ass ninja spy dude, so I can go I can go fight Doctor No I can go you know duke it out with Jaws on a freaking moon base or you know, whatever the case is I can do this cool James Bonding stuff or I could go fight a vampire because I'm fucking Jason Bourne so that's pretty cool. <sighs> However I think if you do it right with a climb you can be pretty fucking badass at level one if you set this up. So Sean, you're giving me the you, you agree with me face. I don't get that often. So yeah. what do you think? The
0: <laughs> <laughs> agree with you face. I so I think it's uh perception kind of a little bit, maybe. Because I think uh, you know, if you climb the levels, again, we've mentioned Dungeon Crawl Classics, they have the funnel. You start out zero level, baker, farmer,
1: and that game tells, you, tells Cand- you right out of the gate you're going to die.
0: Candlestick Maker. Yeah. The thing is, though, the one that comes out of that, you have a certain attachment to it. Now, it doesn't have to be crazy attachment, but you have some type of, like, this guy's, like, my number one dude or dudette because they survived, they survived the purge, man. You know, I started out with seven player characters, and... I got two that survived that went on to level one and then they go on to level two and they go on to level three. And every time in a high, cause dungeon crawl classics has a high lethality rate, Uh high mortality rate. And so mm-hmm. you get those play, That's why like going back. So my, I have to say in the episode that we were talking about this, I think when you get a player character that's fifth level, at least when I was growing up and it got to fifth level, because you'd have so many die along the way, because even if you started and you're like, okay, I've started with four characters, which I think was the norm for us, three or four, you'd always pick who you would, who would kind of survive, right? You'd put these people up in the front of the party, these in the back, you would protect this person, not protect that one. And then as they progressed, the guys would fall off. The player characters would fall off. They'd die. So when I got to like fourth level or fifth level, they had some chops because they've gone through a lot of that crap and I wanted them to keep on surviving. And then they had history because even at, at each level, I think we'd even create more plebes to take the brunt of it. So true. So my take is that while you can start out as hero, if that's your thing and that's cool, but at the same time, I think there is an underlying sense of achievement is what I think is the key for me. What I'm outlining here is a sense of achievement when you get that one or two that make sixth or seventh level. Now, that's kind of old school system-ish. I mean, now no, I,
1: can, I, I, can, I can totally buy that, though. I mean, in my recent Avalon game, uh, I shouldn't say recent, was one of ones I ran a couple years ago. But my buddy Lenny and Beta were running <clears throat> Newton Beecher the uh, pit fighter dude and the torturer and when those guys started at zero level and it became their characters become great friends they live through all this crazy shit they survive they go on they leave the city they have all these crazy adventures and finally Beecher dies it's like this crazy oh my god death of Beecher thing that was this big event within their overall you know again story being an artifact of the game they played um, this big event that occurred Um, so I, I get that because that bond of friendship could it have been forged without having gone that distance? Now, I think an answer to that is if you take something like an apocalypse game, Dungeon World, and say there's bonds, and you have a badass guy who starts off, and <clears throat> you ask the player across from you, Sean, you were playing, uh, you and Angela are playing, Angela, we're at the, you know, how are you and Sean connected? Well, we did this job together. Elaborate, Sean. What was the job like? So you talk. You can build some of that stuff with mechanics of certain game systems. So you can build some of that art. Excuse me. It's an artificial shared experience, right? Because you didn't do it in game. Insofar as we both weren't there rolling dice, sweating it out. And oh my God, we beat the system. And we cracked through the security. And we finally got in, grabbed the grabbed the data and got out before, you know, before we totally got pwned. This is great. But you can kind of um, retrofit it through some of those bonding uh, mechanics and other things that game systems have like, Hey, look, you have background points. How do you want to spend them? Angela knows uh, Kevin and Kevin knows Chris and Chris knows Phil and Phil knows Sean. So that's why you guys are a team. Um, And I think if you have a game system with those type of mechanics that helps to fill in that need, Sean, for a guy like you or I, who says, you know, I really like that bonding thing. If we could have just gone from first level up, if there is a mechanic that you can la- layer in there that says, well, you can build that stuff either as you go or at the beginning of character creation. does that, Would that help fill that need, Sean, for you or no?
0: I don't know. You're talking about more of the relationships, right?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, that's really what you're looking at, right? To have a character at fifth level, looking at the guy across the table from you also has a character at fifth level you know mungo the magnificent and you know Durin the dwarf the reason they're our best buds because they fucking survived the fifth level man together yeah i don't know and there's a the shared there's a shared table experience that occurs between player character and player character
0: so yeah i can see that happening but i really don't care what happens with the members of my party
1: <laughs> i could give a shit i'm here for me says sean Chaotic neutral <laughs> social baby. experience, my ass. All right, <laughs> nice. No, I think
0: the, it comes with the territory. Sean,
1: Sean hates people, he's one of the only recruiters I know that actively hates people. It's terrible. Keep going,
0: <laughs> something like that. So, yeah, I've got a future out of me. Uh, so I do think that the history part is nice. I don't know if it's something that I would, uh, really, I don't know if that's the driving force. I don't, I mean, meh, because. If they join the, if they're along for the ride and they happen to survive just as long, super, uh, not a big deal, I guess. I mean, yeah, we could be the Drizzt and Wolfgar or whatever. I guess. Maybe I'm getting to to a compromise
1: scenario, right? Where if I get Angela says, "Look, I want to play a D and D type game with you guys." You know, I love how we're you. doing.
0: I love how we're doing her topic, and she has no say in any of this. It's all <laughs> hey, why to, not? It's all up <laughs> to our she, own she'll, interpretation.
1: She'll, she'll tell us if we're crazy, right? But <laughs> my concept is that if Angela says, "Hey, I want to play," but you know, I really don't want to do a level climb. You know, she wants to be a badass. She doesn't have a lot of time to devote. She can play once a month with us as the most we can play. <clears throat> I really like to start off kind of badass, and then and it. Well, and she just says, yeah. well, I would really rather do a level climb. Say, well, how about this? How about we play Dungeon roll? How about we play a game system that allows us to have some level climb aspects, but we can still start off pretty tough? Or do I mix it up so that don't even worry about that? I get where you're coming from. I'll make sure as the game master that you'll be badass because... You can still save the world at first level. I can, uh, we can, you can build a story or together as a team, or you can craft a plot line and so forth. That by doing X, Y, and Z, you still save the world. You still save the town, the village, or the, the small world, if you the cheerleader. will. cheerleader versus larger one. Save the cheerleader, save the save world. Save the cheerleader. <clears throat> yeah, you never know.
0: Uh, it depends on the system, too. I mean, you could, yeah. you could. I mean, GURPS, you're never going to be super badass unless you're playing at, like, a goofy tech level or something.
1: Or so, a 500-point character or something. Right,
0: like. right, a 500-point character or whatever, right? That goes back to the original, like, hey, what how, what do we want to play? What do we want to mm. do? But, I mean, even with uh, – I'm trying to think of another system. I don't know. Uh, and I think I – think I'm sure – <laughs> just interpret. we're just gonna put words in angela's like no so this is a,
1: this is a topic i'm um, we're we're guessing at what she may or may not mean in some of these things well, that's fine right? I, I mean, I, if angela doesn't like it yeah. she'll reach through the mics and strangle. yeah well and i
0: but I, what i was gonna say is i don't think that she doesn't she does not want the the climb i don't think that's Right, I still think she wants the climb. She just doesn't. Want to, she doesn't, want, and she doesn't want to start out there. as a dweeb. She doesn't want to start out where she she trips over a nail and dies. Right? She wants to do cool things starting out. So my answer to Angela specifically <clears> would be play a super's game, call it a day.
1: No, I'm just kidding. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. A little harsh. I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. My answer. My answer would be is that as the game master. My, my goal then would be, I try to make, as Sean said, I like to help people out, make them feel good. Uh, anyway, the cool (laughs) (laughs) point being at the table sharing (laughs) part of my sharing is that if that's something that, you know, Angela, Chris, Kevin, and you are playing, say, look, we really don't want to be plebs. Um, I'm like, well, I really want to play fifth edition, you know, and you're like, well, I don't want to play a first level character in this new Avalon world, dude. I don't want to do this. I I said, don't worry. I got you set. It's going to be a city based adventure. And there's going to be a lot of intrigue and so forth. It's not about life and death. It's more about politicking and working your way up a different ladder. And this is where I, I could see a game like a blades in the dark, even uh, coming into play here. We can start out as low level, but you don't have to always die. Right. And this kind of goes to our character death. Episode,
0: well, uh, is- that brings up a very good point, Brad, if you're talking adventure action, And you remove the – you make it a cool game, but you don't make it a –
1: It's not life and death every time you turn around. Exactly. The adventure isn't based on – how many hit points did you have, Angela? Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. How many hit points did you have left? Clack. Too bad. Right. Hang on a second. Wait a minute. Oh, too bad for you. Oh. If I take that out and my D&D game – Or my GURPS game or my Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu is famous for this, right? You're really good at stuff. You're still fucking terrified. You don't want to fight the deep ones if you're smart because they'll fucking kill you. Guns don't solve problems in that game. Um, But it's more, it's social interaction. I'm researching. I'm looking for stuff. If you take it, if you take your uh, fantasy game, your level, your traditional level climbing game, but change the type of adventure into something that's more investigative, it's based on skills, um, talking to people, doing that type of thing. Yeah, sure, throw a couple bar fights in there, fight some ghouls that pop out of the sewers in the city or something, but you don't have to have the same I'm going to wander out in the dungeon um, which is just outside of town, try to clean out the ogre infestation. Oh, look at that, my first level mage who had four hit points got fucking gacked in the first in the first encounter. You don't have to have that problem. That, that nail isn't going to kill you because that type of encounter isn't part of the story, isn't part of I shouldn't say story, isn't part of the plots, the concept and the different pieces that the game master has laid out. I think that helps to bridge that. Um, one person's desire to have a shared table experience of going from level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, to also wanting to be badass, to be able to accomplish some really cool stuff right out of the gate. Yeah. Do you
0: agree? I, yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree. I think I still think that's kind of the action thing. Like she, you you if you're wanting to do cool, cool stuff. What is the cool stuff? And I think the cool stuff is the uh, fly around acrobatics, smash 'em up, kick punch.
1: Well, I mean, you get a game. Night's Black Agents is still a gumshoe game, so it's investigative based. You can you're a badass. You can fucking kill plebes. Um, but even if Savage Worlds, Savage Worlds, you start off, you're not a slouch. By any means, and as a, as a starting character, you're not terrible. No, and there's different plays you can start. You know, le- more or less heroic, which is similar to a GURPSy thing where you, you can start with like a hundred point character or a, many other hundreds of points character. So <clears throat> you can give people there's still cool stuff to do. Um, so I, I guess part of it too comes down to the discussion we had at the beginning. You know what what do you con? What what do you see as cool stuff? And this is that. We've said this before, as have other podcasters. I'm looking at you, Phil and Chris. When you have that discussion about, hey, you know, you want to do cool stuff. What's cool stuff for you? And if I were to look at Angela and she would say, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, yeah, I can accomplish that with 5e. I can accomplish that with Osric. Or, you know what? Um, based on everyone at the table, I want to tell this type of uh, this type of adventure, this type of setting. You know what? I think I'm going to change it up. We're going to play Dungeon World. I'm going to change it up. We're going to grab Fate off, or Savage Worlds or something. Because that'll hit all the right points for people, um, <clears throat> so I think there is there, there's definitely ways to compromise as a group. And the other thing, honestly, if if someone says, "Look, we're gonna play five e," and I can really make it, and I can tweak it, and I can do all this stuff for you, and you know, Sean looks at us and says, "You know what? That may work for Angela, Chris, and Kevin, but I'm out. I just it's not my thing. I don't want to play." That's fine. You can bail. There's nothing. It's. I, I'd hate to have somebody at the table who doesn't want to be there as just suffering through right? really have a D I mean, if you really strongly don't yeah. want to deal with the level climb, yeah. you know, raise your hand, throw the red flag if you will. And, uh, and bail if you have to.
0: Yeah. Call it a day, man. Yeah. Yeah, man.
1: So I think, I think apart from the old social contract type of discussion, we just said, Part of it comes down to the type of setting, genre, all that good stuff. Do I want to be a James Bondy spy? Do I want to be a plebe right out of the academy? Am I going to be fighting vampires right out of the gate? Or am I going to be a superhero? Am I the low-end, I haven't quite yet been bitten by the radioactive spider guy? Or am I, you know, 50 years where the comic book's in, powered? I don't know. Right, so kind of comes down that that stuff comes into play too. So yeah. okay, interesting.
0: So I think it's, I mean, so I think uh, starting out <clears throat> as cook or baker is the way to go because that's the right way to play. But um, hey, people, everyone play else is wrong if they want to play the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, that's cool.
1: yeah, Well, There's no gaming police, even though there should be. Says so Sean. Okay.
0: <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, tell me about <clears throat> it. Something. I'll well, tell you to, to close into. this one.
1: To close this one out, though, what, we said this before from like a, a the quote-unquote golden age of gaming, if you will. There are enough games out there right now that, especially with Roll20 and online, Google Hangouts and stuff, if you like playing a certain type of game, like, look, I want to be a badass right out of the gate, you can find people online who love that. You can find a game system that's really cool. And sometimes it's a matter of, look, we're going to intersperse that with the regular games that we play. We play a lot of D&D, say Sean and Brett, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to slot in Gumshoe. We're going to slot in Fate. We're gonna slot in something else. We're come in and you're a badass right out of the right out of the door. We're gonna play a high level, um, savage world's game, and then wrap it up, roll out, and go on to something else. So there's there's a lot of ways to compromise through, but I think it's really smart to let your preferences be known. Yes. So I don't think I, did I ever tell you what my preference was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think oh, I did. did you all oh, that whole that whole time
0: you didn't mention your preference. <laughs> I may or may not. What, what is, is your preference? Right I don't know. You don't know your preference?
1: No, I actually, I like a level climb. I really do. I, there's something really cool to me about uh, first level characters He's I don't know. You've never
0: played DCC in a funnel?
1: No, I haven't. I haven't done that. Uh, but I've played, I played zero level AD&D. Um, I've, you know, I've I've played a lot of, something really cool about being a plebe and working my way up. Now, granted though, there's a time commitment involved in that, but I still it's the same still time. Really,
0: it's the I same like time. It. What the hell are you talking about?
1: No, no, no. I'm just saying if you're like, well, I want to make sure we get to fifth level because I can do really cool stuff. That campaign takes more in my my ah. uh, in, in Brett time takes multiple physical real life years to get through unless it's a Monte craziness. But I do have I do have a preference to a level climb. I kind of like it. I like starting a week and working my way up. Um, now, granted, I still love my Call of Cthulhu and my gumshoe games. You're kind of badass out of the gate. But uh, I, do, I do like a level climb. I really do. Anything else, Sean?
0: No, man. I'm good. Angela.
1: Tell us where we're wrong. <laughs> where we totally tell us your, how, your intention. Tell us
0: how we misinterpreted your whole intention.
1: And if anybody else out there has thoughts or uh, comments on it, we... We've got a limited amount of time. We try to hit different bits and pieces of this stuff. And if we miss something or you've got a really good point, let us know. We'll be yeah, more than happy Yeah, let us to, uh, know
0: how you want to start out as a hero because you don't want to, like, work your way up and, like, be weak in the beginning and be vulnerable in the beginning. You want to just be able the to tolerate. to
1: Brett and I'll treat you All right. I'll uh, be fine.
0: And tolerate a melee and all this other nice. stuff, you know, because you're all, you know, soft.
1: Soft. Soft. That's the problem with gamers today. They're damn, soft. They're soft. <laughs> All right, let's get out of this before it gets uglier. Getting in the
0: die roll, two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery we want to share with you. I have two. Brett has
1: two. Yes, I do. I have the first one is there's a dungeon world encounter cards Kickstarter out there. We've got the uh, link. It'll be out in the show notes. It looks pretty cool. I'm not... I'm in. I mean... I'm in. Are you in? Are you in already? Yeah, give it to me. Already. Wow, look at that. Messing around. The more I've read, I've said this to Chris and Phil and other folks, the more I've read about uh, Dungeon World, I've yet to play it or run it, and it just, it seems pretty damn cool. But this Encounter Cards thing looks pretty damn cool, and I don't think it's, I don't think they're asking for too damn much. I think it should be kind of neat.
0: Well, the nice thing about it is, in Dungeon World, the back of the book, there's monsters. Great. Mm Mm-hmm. And then in the codexes, I think they're called, they have monsters too. They're little kind of booklets. And okay. and they work and they're great, but I can see the cards coming in real handy with Dungeon World, because then you could just like go through the cards and pick them out and just set them aside. Because Dungeon World monsters do not have a ton of stats, right? They have like a move or you know, three three things that they they have a move, and then based on the move what that what happens right the breakdown whatever it's called in dungeon world like if you roll a 10 or above if you roll seven to nine sure seven to ten eleven to no ten to twelve
1: i don't remember the, well, the concept of monster cards i mean i have all of the ones that they did for ad and d back in the day i picked those up a while back it was it's a really neat idea to have cards you can flip out and just have them they're really available you can do similar things through a pdf um, trying to hack them and make your own stuff, but this looks pretty damn sweet. So good stuff. The second one I have is Joe Swick, um, one of our listeners and our other bs'er, had shared this link out to us uh, a couple weeks ago and I hadn't, I, I flat forgot to point it back to point it out to folks. So, Joe, I apologize about that. But GeekAndSundry dot com had three mistakes every game master makes and how to fix them. What? Uh, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, freak, what is this all about? Sons of bitches. But anyway, I wanted to throw that link out there. I thought it was kind of interesting. <clears throat> Even uh, one of them is the uh, the dungeon master PC. And uh I've done that where I've been a player character and a dungeon master at the same time and it's just uh if nothing oh. else as I, as I've said before, sometimes it's interesting just to see what other people think is quote good or bad and um it gets you thinking if nothing else. So, wanted to throw that I out there. Never understood that out.
0: I never understood the game master player character. Never <clears throat> I never until I like, got it. Literally. Literally. I don't think I've ever heard of that till the last year. I don't know. I think so, I don't know if I heard that time when we you were running as a
1: kid, the game master was never a player character at the never. same time. Never had a character sheet. Never.
0: It was always a non-player character. NPC. Yeah. Like even if you put them into the scene, it would be like an NPC and sure the GM would run them, but
1: that was See, it. I guess, it's, I guess it depends on how you want to define it, right? If you have a recurring NPC that's adventuring with the party and has a say in the direction they go, Type of thing, I remember DMs quote unquote having to do that, partly because we didn't hire henchmen and hirelings and tons of NPCs as cannon fodder back in the day. But anyway, I just wanted to share that out there. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Sean, your turn. You're up, man.
0: D and D Five E Random gener- Character Generator uses MS Excel, but you can use Google. It works best on MS Excel, but you can use Google Sheets. Uh, it's a very complete. From the site, a very complete character generator that creates a new character up to level 20 only by pressing F9 on your keyboard. Characters come with name, race, class, including archetype, archetype, uh, short background and personal traits, skills, spells, appearance, equipment. The generated sheet contains lots of space to manually add anything you'd want, you'd like. Nice. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Pretty cool
1: uh and then those type of, those type of little uh little kind of chotsky app things are really they're fun i used to have one back on uh windows 95 a friend of mine had what was a it was a tavern generator you could go through and say what type of bar it was what type of races could be there magic non-magic and set it up what type of location it was i used to go through and pick and print out like five seaside bars, five hinterland bars or whatever it was. They would have different types of food and things that were available and random NPC names and cool plot points. So that type of shit's always cool. I like it.
0: Yeah, it's good. Uh, number two, the tunnels and trolls, random generator. So if you're a fan of tunnels and trolls, they just came out with their tunnels and trolls deluxe edition, which I finally got. Did you get it? I got it. I uh, haven't read over much of it because my flame died down a while ago.
1: When, when the game failed to arrive, and failed to arrive, and, the, failed to arrive the, and failed to arrive, the, and failed to arrive after the first year. Yeah,
0: but I had heard good things. I there's a guy on Happy Jack's podcast that got in, and, and I don't. It's not Jib, and it's I it might be Tim, one of the guys over there. Like, ooh, this could be my new my new favorite game. Because of some of the things it
1: does. It's D6 based. Can anybody get a hold of it now?
0: I don't know if it's on the market for anybody just to buy. I know he's had it at cons where you could buy it off the shelf. Okay. But I don't even know if the hardback is out yet. I think if it is, it just got released. I have a softback, soft paper, okay. soft cover.
1: I'll paper. have to hunt around at Game Hole 2 and find a copy. Anyway, carry yeah, on.
0: Yeah, if you want to uh, check a link in the show notes, uh, this one comes up with a random dungeon generator so you can set the average character level the dungeon should be designed for what the group size is blah 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 blah. so there's some criteria you select and then you hit submit and then it comes up with the temperature uh so my stuff's cut off because i moved my browser um Mild, cold, logical. All spells cast as firement will cost an extra eight wisdom. 14 types of creatures in the dungeon.
1: Cool. Yeah, it's
0: handy kind of.
1: Well, that's a type of thing. Like, I mean, it's like I said with the bar generators, those type of random things. It's <laughs> You know, you're a gaming geek. You're like, oh, I'm going to print off 15 of these just to have them because you never know when you need this dungeon with this. With these plots or these concepts or ideas to help kickstart some idea in your head, so wow, it's cool really stuff.
0: long too, and it's got yeah, it's has got Pretty picked neat. four levels and it comes out and
1: fleshes it all out.
0: But anyways, check it out in the show notes, yo.
1: Cool. Are we good? We are good. Sounds like we are.
0: So thanks for uh, to mem bird birdman. And Nick56 for the reviews on iTunes. Much appreciated. Thank you very much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, boys.
0: Uh, also, this show has been brought to you by Utter BSers, to include Joe Swick, keptulu Jeff Rademacher, and others. Absolutely. Cool. If you've found like this interesting, by all means, do us a favor and just simply tell somebody else about the show.
1: Yeah, right in. Say hi. Just say you're crazy, but uh, thanks for thanks for bringing up something. I'm glad to tell you you're stupid and wrong. We like that too. Otherwise, <laughs> we've I'm, been we've been told that before.
0: That's right. Otherwise, I'm one of your hosts, Sean,
1: and I'm Brett. Good night. Good game and all.